what's up everybody it's been a long time since we've done the dana nick show and now we're back at it for this special preview and i'm gonna throw it down to nick for a brief intro and then we'll jump right into this week's discussion so nick i know seattle is probably cold dark and rainy this time of year so i hope you're enjoying it up there because this is the best time of the year in tucson it's i don't know today it was like 60 so that's a little bit cold for normal but uh geez the last i don't know week or so we've had a bit of a cold snap but normally i mean 70s is about this time of year in the day sunny doesn't rain that's what's up in tucson (laughs) oh man (laughs) that's funny dan that's funny (laughs) i don't know if it's good to have you back you're reminding me about the seattle weather so what i did do was pull up the forecast and Wednesday, we're looking at 48 and rainy. Thursday, 48 and sunny. Friday, rainy. Saturday, rainy. Sunday, rainy. Monday, rainy. Tuesday, rainy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's real. That's really the, the weather forecast. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Dane and Nick show. This is the conference championship special. So in today's episode... Dane is going to give you a really cool and passionate rant and he's going to bring a really interesting unique perspective on the camp, on the divisional race the conference championships what am I trying to say here I'll let Dane take it out cuz clearly he's saying it better than I am and for me I'm going to break down the USC and Oregon matchup and it should be a good time it is the final game of the season Regardless of how we got here, it's really what most media members expected in the end. We have two very talented teams, so let's enjoy the game. And without that, it's about time. I'm ready to say it. I'm going to kick it down to Dane in Tucson. All right, buddy. Glad to be back. It's been too long. For me, at least in my section, I'm going to do a bunch of hot takes because this season has been a wash. It doesn't matter. There's asterisks all over the place. And you know what? That's just the way I feel. I don't think Oregon deserves to be in the championship game. I'm going to tell you why. Because Stanford has more wins against North Division opponents than Oregon does. And they have less losses. Okay, I know Washington was supposed to be in there, but Washington has even more problems than Stanford does. Don't even get me started on this. Look at the North Division standings based on divisional matchups alone. Stanford is 3-1 and one versus the North. Washington is 1-1 one and one versus the North. Oregon, respectable 2-2. Two and two. So if you just base it on the North Divisional games alone, Stanford should be the North champion. That's the way they do it in the NFL. That's not the way they do it in the Pac-12. They, the Pac-12 did it based on win percentage overall, not counting divisional games. Why do we even have divisions then? What is the point of having a division if your record versus your own division doesn't even matter? It doesn't make sense to me. It never will. This season is a big, giant asterisk. It doesn't matter. But okay, here we go. Championship game on Friday. Oregon versus USC. I will be shocked if USC loses this game. I know the Trojans have struggled in basically three and a half quarters of every single game they've played this season with the exception of possibly 
at Utah and Salt Lake City. They had to come from behind. The Trojans had to come from behind against Arizona, who just got stomped by Arizona State 70-7. to Okay, and it that both of those games, Arizona State versus Arizona, USC versus Arizona, both of them were played in Tucson. Okay, so there's no excuse. Uh, what is going on with USC through three quarters? I don't know. They're four and five stars, you know, talent that just don't think they have to try that hard because most of their life they haven't had to. Let's just put it that way. Frank out there, it's true. If you go to USC football and you're a starter, you're likely have, I mean, you have a great chance going to the NFL. And you are just athletically so gifted that you don't have to try as hard as other players in your league. And that's, I think that's just the way it is. And that mentality, that um, philosophy, I guess, is what's driving these poor starts and middle and everything but the finish for the Trojans. Um, I mean, that's, I think that's just the way it goes. And they're athletic and they're gifted enough to win games like this. Eventually, it's going to come back to bite them. I don't know if it's going to happen in this championship game. It could. Uh, it also could happen in the bowl game when I guess if they win this game, they're going to be in the festival against likely Indiana. I don't think that one is set in stone yet, but I'm assuming Ohio State is going to go to the playoffs. So otherwise, I think the matchup would be Ohio State-USC. But they're going to put in Ohio state just because they're Ohio State and they're recruiting and the talent on that roster. But looking at this game, USC versus Oregon, I mean, Oregon has been off for, what, two weeks now? They haven't played a game in what seems like forever. I had, the last time I saw them, I think they were losing to California, you know, a winless California team in Berkeley. So I don't know if Oregon is really... I, I don't want to say they're not going to be competitive in this game, but I don't know how much how challenged... Uh, USC is going to be against the Ducks. Tyler Shuck, I don't want to. I don't even think I can blame him for anything. I know that. I mean, you know, he hasn't played the best, but he he can run the ball. He's a threat to run, and he passes well enough uh, to, to get the job done. So the problems don't lie with Tyler Shuck. Definitely not. The Oregon defense has massively underwhelmed. It's not even really close to what people expected the Oregon defense to be, and you know they. <laughs> I guess they've improved a little bit, you know, maybe in that Cal game. But overall, when you look at this season, that defense is is terrible. Uh, by Oregon standards, it's awful. And, I, you know, USC runs the air raid. They put up points. They throw the ball. If you are a porous defense and you're unable to properly defend that, well, you're going to get lit up. But the thing is, uh, you know, on the same other, other side of the coin, um, at the beginning of the season, Arizona State, provided the blueprint for how to slow down the Trojan offense and it's it's a, it's a it's kind of like a zone kind of deal where you don't uh you don't press and you let everything happen underneath you and you don't let them beat you over the top and everything is just in front of you and that just you know, it, it frustrates that air raid offense, and Graham Hale really hasn't compensated by running the ball effectively, or be or willing being willing to run the ball as much as as they need to be. But anyways, this uh, like I said, I don't think Oregon is going to win. I'll be shocked if they do. I will be shocked because USC, first off, has played more recently and is ready to go. Oregon has been off for what two weeks now and is just sitting around 
doing what? You know, they have not played in a game in forever. And if you look at this season, when teams have to take time off for COVID and they come back, they are rusty. And it's not just a little bit rusty. It's a lot of rust. And it's clear that they aren't on the same level. Just look at what Washington State, how they played against the Trojans in the Coliseum. Wow, they got lit up in that first quarter and second quarter. They played way better in the third and fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, they can't come back from a slow start. I think something similar is probably going to happen. You know, and <laughs> I just think USC is more talented. At the beginning of the season, I thought USC was probably going to win. I thought the championship game would come down to what we're seeing right now, Oregon versus USC. I thought both would be undefeated. So, I mean, at least USC held up its end of the bargain, but Oregon has not. And like I said, <laughs> I think Stanford should have been in there. I know that's probably not even a popular opinion or even an opinion that you've heard before, but Stanford has more wins against the North than any other team in the North Division. They are three and one. The second best team is Oregon at two and two. It just—I don't understand why we have divisions if we don't actually follow divisions. It makes no sense to me. That's my hot take. That's my piece for this episode. Nick will break down this game like he always does with all the insight that he's got. You know, he's done a lot of research on this and he's ready for this. So I am your hot take man for this episode. This is my piece. I will see you next time. Like I said, asterisk on this year, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. All right, so I actually really agree with everything Dane just said there in regards to the structure and fairness of this college football season. However, and I am actually really glad that was said, just uh, glad, glad you got that out there, and I really respect that take. However, now, However, in regards to the actual game, oh, you're wrong. You are wrong, and I'm here to tell you why. I got three big takeaways, which I'll get to. First off, in the the introduction, I said that this was the last game of the year. Obviously, it's not because of the interesting 2020 pandemic. There are a bunch of other games being played this weekend. So it's not the last game of the year. But anyway... Dane, you're still wrong in regards to who's going to win this matchup. And here are my three reasons why. So number one, Oregon's offense is the talenting with USC. And I really believe they'll do so. The Ducks offense is averaging 34.2 points per game, which is 27th in the nation. USC's offense is averaging 35.2, which is 23rd. Based off that statistic alone, we're in for a good matchup. I mean... That's a one-point differential. That's not a lot, obviously. However, however, the main reason I think Oregon can stick around is due to the two-headed monster of a running attack in C.J. Verdell and Travis Dye. Behind those two, the Ducks have the 42nd best rushing attack in the NCAA at 189.2 yards per game. And even though USC boasts an air raid offense, which Obviously, excuse this statistic, <laughs> very obviously. Um, the Trojans rushing attack is 115th in the nation with under 9.2 yards per game. So, Oregon should be able to control the tempo of offense, which at the very minimum is going to keep them in the game. I mean, the talent levels are very similar. So, they can control the tempo of the offense. I believe they can do so. They should be in this game. Obviously, in terms of passing yards, (laughs) USC holds a large advantage in passing yards per game, averaging 319.2, 13th in the nation. But Oregon isn't 
too far behind at 277.8 and 26. Put all the statistics aside that, you know, obviously need to throw some out there. For me, the key to this matchup is going to be, will Oregon's receivers finally step up? They they need to do it. It's it's about time. This, in my opinion, is the one thing really holding them back. And the thing is, from an athletic standpoint, the Ducks' wideouts are probably on par with the Trojans' receivers, athletically speaking, not, you know, all-around receiver skills. And USC undeniably does have the best trio of wideouts in the conference with Tyler Fawns, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Drake London. Neither team, even out of those three guys, has that unstoppable receiver. London could be considered close, but he's not quite on that level. just lacks that elite speed. This is in my opinion, at least. But (laughs) there is one very telling statistics about the troubles Oregon has had really moving the ball with their wideouts this year. No duck wideout has more than 300 yards receiving this year. In comparison with their counterpart, the Trojans, they have three receivers with at least 200 yards and two with more than 400. <laughs> Oregon, not not too good. If the Ducks want to compete, they may consider targeting sophomore wideout Devon Williams. Is it Devin Williams? I believe it's Devin Williams. Excuse me. His uh, six foot five, 205 pound frame could prove a difficult cover for Trojan defenders. Bottom line is whether it's Jalen Red, Johnny Johnson III, or Williams, someone needs to make plays at the wideout position. This is probably the biggest key, in my opinion, for the Ducks winning the game. If they don't do this, USC will likely take the conference championship and be headed off to the Rose Bowl. Second point here, this is more of a question than a point. Again, my big thing is that Oregon's receivers do need to step up. But second thing here is USC's defense for real. This is the Trojans' opportunity to show the nation, <laughs> maybe us on the West Coast, I don't know if the nation cares anymore, but this is USC's opportunity to really show the nation that they're more in the offensive juggernaut. And surprisingly, at least to me, USC is the 41st best scoring defense in the country, only allowing 25 points per game. This is vast improvement from last year where they finished 78th in the same category. If they want to continue this trend against the Ducks, they must stop UO's rushing attack. If USC is going to do it, if they're going to stop the Ducks' dangerous duo of Die and Verdell, they got a gang tackle. This is a must. No flimsy BS. Seriously, none. They need to swarm to the ball, wrap up, hit the legs, and work together if they plan on stopping that dangerous duo. The weird thing is, and this is a really surprising statistic to me, even though you think the Ducks have a really talented rushing attack. They actually entered this matchup 88th in the nation with 184.2 yards per game. That, to me, is a very confusing statistic, and I don't buy into it. Just don't be fooled. This is still the Oregon Ducks. As I said about the Huskies entering this year, Oregon has elite talent. They have elite talent just like USC does. Even though they're 3-2, and two, this is the one team Oregon or that the Trojans probably didn't want to see in the conference championship. So, bottom line, if you do not respect the running back combination of Dye and Verdell, they can change the game in an instant. In an instant, they can do it fast and they can beat you quick. In regards to the Trojans passing defense, so the Trojans really do need to stop 
the run of Dyne Burdell before I get ahead here. In regards to the Trojans' passing defense, they're about as middle of the road as the team can get. They're currently ranked 71st in the country at 238 yards per game. The only notable player in the secondary for me is Talano Hufanga. The rest, I think Tyler Shuck's going to be able to find some sort of matchup he likes. Going to take advantage of someone else out there. Wouldn't test Hufanga, though. He's definitely a stud. Again, though, and this is why it's my first, my second, and maybe even my third point. Again, though, this is if Oregon's receivers decide they want to play this week, which is really still to be determined. I mean, I have not seen enough out of this group all year. So, can they do it? Can can they do it? We'll see. Third, flip it on the other side of the field here. Can the Ducks secondary control USC's amazing, a freaking amazing trio of receivers? As we touched on earlier, the Trojans' trio of wideouts is hands down the best in the conference. London, St. Brown, and Fawns are the second, third, and fourth in the Pac-12 in receiving yards this year. Creates a really dangerous situation for most teams in the conference. Most teams obviously don't have the firepower to hang with the Trojans. But Oregon does. Oregon isn't most defenses. Even though their performances thus far this season have been really bad, not really bad, but subpar. They have the talenting with USC, and that's half the battle right there. Even with the opt-outs of defensive backs Javon Holland, Brady Breeze, and Thomas Graham Jr., the Ducks still have enough to compete with USC behind Verone McKinley III, Debbie Moore Lenore, and Mikhail Wright. I think these three really, really need to step up. So if Oregon wants to stop the Trojans trio, the aforementioned Ducks must play their full potential. I'm talking about McKinley Lenore and Wright. But it's it's more than that. It is much more than that. It's hard. The Ducks may have looked like complete shit the last two weeks, but they're still arguably the most talented team in the conference. This season, they had the vibe of a team who believed their own hype. Two humbling losses <laughs> has quickly, quickly removed that noise, turned down the volume, that hype train is gone. Expect this team to play hungry, angry, and really with the passion we have not seen yet this year. I made the mistake of picking the Ducks in the conference championship last year. Not going to do that again. Not making the same mistake twice. So for me, Dane, you are wrong. The Ducks win a really fun one. But as Jimmy McGinty or Gene Hackman said in the movie The Replacements, they got to have heart. Will the Ducks have heart? I think they will. Ducks win. This has been the Dane and Nick Show. Conference Championship Edition. I don't know why I'm talking like this, but I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, anyways, <laughs> we're uh, we're coming back at you next week. We're actually doing a two-part special here. And next week, we'll be breaking down just the whole season in its entirety outside the Conference Championship. I don't know. I didn't smoke so smoothly till the end. What a smooth segment till the very end. Seriously, guys, thank you for tuning in to the Dane and Nick Show. Love Dane's rant and... He thinks USC is going to win. He's wrong. I think the Ducks are going to win. We're out. Adios. Have a great day, y'all.